Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode was brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the StoryPath system from Onyx Path Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try to stick to language for all ages, this was conceived in the Old West partner, and so the whiskey and the bullets are likely to fly. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, we want everybody to give us a good old yeehaw. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am normally your keeper or handler, Michael Diamond. But for this special episode in our They Came From series, I'm going to be passing the chair to Miranda. So Miranda, take it away. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, today we will be sampling the Cowboys Gulch setting that's part of the They Came From, the RPG anthology Kickstarter. Uh, They Came From is a series of RPGs from Onyx Path Publishing based on the movie genres that are nearest and dearest to our hearts. Today's genre being Western films. Now, uh, keep in mind that this is just a small taste test for more They Came From games that will be headed your way from the old ways in the very near future. This being a Kickstarter, there are some slight rule changes from other They Came From games, and we'll do our best to summarize the rules for you as we go. But if you have any questions, you can always find me over on the Old Ways Discord server, where I am happy to chat about all things They Came From. Now, without further ado, let's cue up some epic Western opening credits music and find out who is starring in this film that I am lovingly titling The Old West Ways. Starring... Well, hello, partner. I'm Nate, your friend. You probably better know me better as Ace Maverick, famous gunslinger out of the West. Got my nom de plume from the card I stick in my 10-gallon hat. One little bullet hole clips the edge. It's the only bullet hole that ever got close to my noggin. Featuring... Hi, this is Allie, and I play Hattie Skinner, and I am the doc of our group. I carry around a bag, and I've got a gun with one bullet for the man who killed my wife. With special appearance by... Yeah, hi, this is Mike, and I play for this evening's tale of tumbleweeds and dust. I'll be playing Nicodemus Johnson, your friendly and fortune-wielding gambler, who um, dresses just finely enough to get into certain establishments and uh, with a wink and a nod, get Lady Luck on your side. The year is 1875, and our film opens with an exterior shot of a stagecoach traveling through the Wyoming Territory, headed out west to Oregon Territory. We cut to the interior of the stagecoach, and the camera pulls back from a sign that reads, Abstinence from liquor is requested, but if you must drink, share the bottle. To do otherwise makes you appear selfish and unneighborly. We see our three passengers in the stagecoach. I will let the actors describe what their characters look like for you. Wardrobe set me up with a a really fine-looking gunslinger suit. Very classic. It's got the frilly uh, shirt underneath and a black vest over top. I got two six-shooters. They look, uh, as far as I can tell, pretty real, pretty authentic. I'm not sure what they call them in uh, these gun things. I'm not, you know, as an actor, I, I... I work with any tool, but I, I certainly don't have any understanding of how this stuff actually works. I got my uh, gigantic hat, which I, I, I got to tell you, I was a little bit worried uh, when, when Wardrobe handed me that. I'm going to look silly. It's going to make my melon look like a little pea inside of it. But uh, I think it works out okay. So 
director might uh, have have their their head on straight with that little one. Uh, got a, a little bit of flair. It's a, a little bolo tie that comes around and sets underneath this vest. Has a little bit of aquamarine uh, gemstone working foolery on it. And uh, it's got those silver bits on the end. I sort of like it. I might take it home, put it up on my wall of props uh, with little mementos of every sh- show that I do. And what did wardrobe and makeup put together for Hattie today? Makeup went all out with putting her hair up basically as high as it can be and fluffing it out so that there's stray hairs to make it look like she's, you know, gotten in like a little bit of a rough and tumble trying to get into the stagecoach. And she's got a little hat on and they dressed her in a long sleeve, high collared plaid shirt and a ankle length cotton dress with uh, pockets that were sewed into it specifically so that she can carry around that gun with one bullet and she's got just some plain like ankle boots with like a very small heel and that doctor's bag looks heavy enough that you could knock a man out and Nicodemus well uh, wardrobe knows that the camera will likely come to me a few times and so I've, I've got a nice black western style suit on with a uh, a turquoise vest and a coal colored cravat no no fancy tie is necessary there's a a gun belt although it's likely more of a of an accent and um, a hat but I don't wear it too often I can't mess up my hair not after what wardrobe all the time they spent putting me through this uh, makeup. Yeah, what is conversation like on the stagecoach? Would you say it's mostly silent? Are you regaling each other with uh, tales of shootouts and uh, gambling wins and uh, patched up wounds? Or I think Nicodemus is a fairly um, friendly individual. He's likely talkative as well. And so he's if no one is interested in playing any card games, he's likely uh, playing cards by himself, but continuing to sort of speak out of turn, maybe, um, and regale folks with his times, and Kansas City, and wondrous idyllic places like Omaha, perhaps St. Louis, and uh, yeah, his winnings therein. I like a good gamble. I probably play a few hands yeah of course engage in a little bit of cards on this long trip but at some point i do pull out a piece of paper and i do talk to you all about my hope and dream you know i'm heading off to a homestead that i was able to put together i'm gonna make it make it my life's journey in oregon i'm done with this world or this this way in this violent life i'm retired and I, can't, oh, I am so excited. I can't even tell you how excited I am to be out of this life and into a next one and a new one. One of peace and harmony, tranquility. Got my old plan. Look at this map. Oh, look, it's right off on this. And there's a stream right on there. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, and, and so Ace will be telling at any point a little bit more, a few more stories about the homestead, a few more plans, a few more of the uh, things that are going to happen for him. You hear the wind start to pick up outside, and the stagecoach 
begins to rock a little bit in it. And your driver, Mr. Fletcher, you hear him start to encourage the horses to move it along a bit faster. A small window opens up behind where the driver sits. Uh, as Mr. Fletcher kind of peeks down at you, you can see he's pulled a handkerchief up over his face as dust begins to blow into the coach. And he has to shout over the wind for you to hear him. It's picked up so much at this point. The stagecoach is rocking the wind. A dust storm seems to have kicked up here pretty fast, folks. I'm not sure how much farther we're going to be able to make it. Are you safe out there, Mr. Fletcher? I don't want you to put yourself in any danger. I'll be I'll be just fine. This ain't anything new to me, but... Uh, uh, well, I'm not sure how much longer we should keep the horses out in this. There's a real nice saloon in the next town I've stopped at a time or two. If it's all right with you, I think we should stop there till the storm passes. Yeah, it seems reasonable to me, Mr. Fletcher. Make for it. They've got real nice rooms upstairs, too. If we end up needing to stay the night, and uh, Lenora, the saloon owner's wife, she makes a, makes a mean stew if you're hungry. Shaking my head, this news. Look at my homestead picture folded up. Darn, double darn. I'm on a schedule. I quip. <laughs> uh, yes, darn, double darn is a quip for Ace Maverick which means on his next roll, he will get plus one die. And if he uses that same quip again, that will stack so he can get additional dice on his rolls. You pull into the small mining town. Mr. Fletcher will pull the coach right up in front of the saloon for you. He'll hop down from his seat and open the door, uh, helping Miss Hattie out with a hand first. Oh, of course. And I will take his hand and I will take the one step out of the coach and hit the ground real solid. I've done this a time or two. I'm going to get these horses tied up and out of the storm, and then I'll see you folks in, inside in, in just a little bit. You need a hand, Mr. Fletcher? I'm happy to assist if you need something. Oh, a- absolutely not. I, I can handle this here, Mr. Maverick. Um, you just let uh, old Jeremiah and Lenora uh, in there know that I'm tying up the horses out back. Appreciate it. Yeah, certainly head inside out of the storm. Uh, So you head into the saloon. It's your pretty classic Old West saloon. Uh, Minus it doesn't have the swinging doors on account of the sandstorm. That would be just havoc on the set. There is an empty piano sits to one side. There's a number of tables as well as stairs leading upstairs. And uh, gentlemen sit around. You do see a group of about four men playing cards. Um, and you are greeted by a uh, gruff, kind of soot-covered... He's been he's been cooking over a fire all day. A uh, man who greets you. Uh, hello there, folks. Name's Jeremiah Clay. What can I do for you, offer you here in my establishment? Well, um, I was told that uh, a Mr. Fletcher who drove us in on his stagecoach said you uh, might cook up a mean stew. Ah, yes, we sure do. We sure do. I can get uh, my wife, Lenora, uh, in the back. I'll call her up to to serve you if you want. Would you like to sit at the bar or will you be taking a table? I think I'll take a table if uh, I sort of turn to my, to, to Ace and to Hattie. If, if uh, my companions here are uh, interested and then uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps we'll engage in some cards afterwards. After a drink or two, I'm parched from the road. At the sound of cards, the four gentlemen playing each take a a look at you all at the same time and then kind of go back to their game. Uh, what about the other uh, other of your, your friends there? Can I get you anything to eat or 
Uh, anything for you all to drink? Whiskey or beer? Maybe some wine for the lady? Oh, no. I'll take a beer. Thank you. I'm happy with a shot of whiskey. Absolutely. Miss Hattie, a table good for you in this uh, this place? Oh, yes, of course. All right. Well, I'll take a seat. And Nicodemus, very uh, kind of you to, to offer. I feel like we are becoming fast friends and family with that skit age coach trip. Hmm. I do appreciate the company. As do I. So you guys can have a seat and uh, Mrs. Clay, Lenora, will uh, come over with uh, the stew that you ordered um, and Jeremiah will be there to serve you your drinks. Director, is this, what's what's the vibe of this place? Is it, does it look rough? Does it look dangerous? Does it look calm and peaceful? No, uh, I would say not at all rough. It's it's a pretty uh, calm, peaceful a uh, jovial place. Like, I mean, that there's a friendly game of cards going. There are a few other people eating and drinking at the bar, but it doesn't. It doesn't look like a a rough town. It is a small mining town, but it's uh, they, they. It's not a place where you would ex- expect any bandits or anything to be hiding out. Uh, there's not going to be any lawmen coming in here to shoot people down or drag them off to be hung or anything like that. Just a nice family establishment. So I think what uh, Nicodemus is probably noticing as he looks around the bar here is uh, as a small mining town, there are a limited amount of potential earnings to be made in a location like this. That's true, but you never know uh, when someone might have just struck it, uh, found a vein themselves. Uh, Mr. Fletcher will uh, come in after a period of time and you'll see him kind of go over the bar and sit down, shake hands with Jeremiah and uh, start to just kind of chat about the comings and goings of the stagecoach and things that he's seen and passengers that he's had and have a nice chat like two old friends catching up. Well, once I am done with my dinner, then I will uh, sort of smooth the the vest and, and adjust my cravat a little bit and uh, look towards Hattie and smile and excuse myself from the table and say, uh, I'm going to go try Lady Luck over here at the the table here. Well, Miss Hattie, looks like uh, Nicodemus over there is looking for a little bit better pickings than we were in that stage, Coach. It sure does seem like that, doesn't it? At least we lucked out here. We didn't plan to stop, but it seems like a nice peaceful place. I don't expect no trouble. Glad to see it. Uh, Nicodemus, you head on over to where the four gentlemen are playing cards and uh, they all kind of have their hats pulled low, but one of the gentlemen in a poncho looks up at you and kind of kicks a seat back for you, gestures to it if uh, asks if you want to be dealt in. Well, as luck would have it, I do. I sit down. Ah, well, uh, as a newcomer to our fine table here, uh, we'll let the bet be yours then. So I'll just take a a look, director, here at the table and see what I see see as far as the amounts that are being passed around. Probably not very much, like you said. It is a small mining town. Um, These are real... um, They're out here working as hard as they can to try to make a living. Uh, But they don't mind blowing it at the the table every now and then. But, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Salt of the earth. Yes. People, you say. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, I look around and and I'll 
fish into a pocket and take out a nickel. Say, why don't we start a, a nickel, if, if that's uh, fine with you gentlemen. Ah, uh, that sounds perfectly fine to us. Bets are placed and cards are dealt. Mind if we ask your name fine, sir, since you are joining us at the table? Oh, certainly. My name is Nicodemus Johnson. I am, uh, pleasure to meet your acquaintance. Nicodemus, you say? That is a fine name, a strong name. Yeah, it's a name, uh, biblical, of course. I raise my finger. Uh, biblical. Oh, well, uh, I understand that. My name is Moses myself. Hmm. Moses. Yes. Moses. Fantastic. Appreciate, uh, your hospitality, of course. Absolutely. These are my friends here, Levi, Kit, and Isaac. Uh, we just hope we don't take you out of too much of your money there, Mr. Nicodemus. Well, I certainly hope that's true. Uh, so bets are placed and hands are dealt. Um, and cards are played. Let's have a roll to see how well you do, Nicodemus. Now, what kind of player is Nicodemus? That's a great question. Great question. I think that Nicodemus is the sort of player who might, um, because he relies quite a bit on skill, mm -hmm. I think he's the sort of person who is going to let, he'd, he'd be happy to let them win a little bit of his money, if only to not be that sort of newcomer player that wins immediately. He'd like to sort of seed the water a little bit, you know, kind of, get them comfortable and then get the, the bets ramped up a little bit higher, get their confidence up before he uh, does what he can to affect the outcome. Yeah. Why don't I have you roll? Because this sounds like a cunning larceny roll. It certainly does. It certainly does. All right. Cunning larceny for Nicodemus is seven dice. So I'll roll seven d10s. Yep. And successes will be on an uh, eight or nine, and a ten counts as two successes. Okay. So Nicodemus has one eight and two tens out of his seven dice. Okay. I'm going to roll for the other players here. And uh, so, so three of the other players got one success. And then the last player, Moses, tied you with four successes. So you're you're making a bit of money, uh, a bit of money on these hands, but old Moses seems to be keeping up with you. Good, good. Now the question is, is do I feel like Moses has, after these hands have been dealt out, we play a little bit, do I feel like he has a grip or an understanding of what I'm trying to do? Or is the ruse still uh, available? I think he's, you think he's playing a little cat and mouse game with you. He might be exactly the kind of player that you are. Two of a kind, you might say. That is dangerous, especially if it is a two players at the same table like that. Okay, well, director, how many rewrites do we have available? You have three rewrites. So you do have enough for one of those cinematics, if you'd like. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to have to wait until the next roll. That's OK. We'll, we'll, we'll push at this point between the successes and we'll see what continues to develop. OK. Uh, would you like to play another hand with them then? I would. OK. 
What are uh, Ace Maverick and Hattie Skinner doing while this gambling's going on? Miss Hattie, you know, in another life, I once fancied I might have been a piano player. Do you like piano music? Oh, yeah, sure, of course. My mama tried to enroll me in it, and while I could finger the keys just fine, I fancied myself surrounded by idiots for every teacher I quip. Yeah, I reckon that's a that's a common situation for a, a woman of your stature and intelligence. I wonder if uh, that old piano over there is in tune, and if these yokels here might enjoy a little bit of ragtime. And Ace is going to stand up and go over to that piano in the corner, sit down, dust off the keys a little bit with a handkerchief out of his pocket. He's going to play a little bit of Maple Leaf Rag, the classic from Scott Joplin. Why don't you roll me a humanities uh, dexterity, we'll say. Okay, now wait a minute. I didn't realize there was going to be a roll involved. I just thought this would be some fun. It is fun to roll dice, Nate. <laughs> humanity, humanity, dexterity. So I've got one for this. So that's five. I got five. Plus one for your quip. Let's see. I've got two tens, two tens and a nine. Five successes. Well, hot damn, Mr. Maverick. This may be the best ragtime that's been played in this place in quite some time. In fact, a couple patrons will come over and uh, slip you some change as a little tip. I empty my uh, whiskey glass and I set it on the counter. That's why thank you kindly. Uh, tell your friends and uh, redouble my efforts. Back to Nicodemus, what'd you roll for your hand? I have... A 10, a 9, and an 8, so I have four successes. Oh, that is fantastic because uh, Moses does not seem to be able to keep up pace with you. It might be, be because you figured out his game and you can play just ahead of it, or it might just be that he's having trouble keeping up with you. Um, but uh, we had one success, two zero successes, and uh, two successes. So you have easily outpaced these gentlemen in their own game. I will quip to Moses, Lady Luck, you beautiful bastard. Look at this. I sort of scoop in all of the money. She sure does seem to be with you today, sir. I don't know how you do it. Fine gentlemen like you coming into our town and taking us for run for our money. But you know what? I like a guy that plays a good game. So how about I'll, I'll buy a round of shots on me and then I think I'm going to call, call it quits after that. I will assuredly take that drink, sir. I'll spend the rest of my money at the bar. So you go through your night gambling, playing some ragtime, bringing in some tips. But at some point, gunshots ring out outside. Now, this isn't that uh, unfamiliar for the Old West, but it does seem to be in this town as everyone kind of turns to look towards the saloon door. And at that point... It pushes open, a big gust of dust and sand blows in to the room, and someone stumbles in. They look tore up something bad, collapses on the floor. Well, I'm immediately going to go over and open up my bag and kind of look and see if they're conscious or not. Uh, they do seem to be conscious, but in terrible pain. Jeremiah has run over 
as well to help you try to kind of get this uh, person. Uh, Ma'am, do we, should we, would you notice, need us to put him on a table or on, on a chair or something? Can you work on him here? This is, this, this is Jasper. Jasper, what happened? Yeah, let's get him on a table, please. And after he's situated on a table, I'm going to go into my bag and pull out a bottle of laudanum and a syringe. And I'm going to take just enough to kind of make him just a little woozy, not knock him out. And as I approach his arm with it, I'm going to say, sorry, I'm going to quip, you'll feel a small prick like usual. And I will inject him with it so that we can get some information out of him. And I'll look at, um, is, is it Jeremiah? Yes. Look, Amiko. Good sir, Jeremiah, would you go and get me some of your strongest alcohol I need to sanitize these wounds and hopefully I can uh, try to patch this poor chap up? Absolutely, ma'am, absolutely. And he will go behind the gar- bar to get you just that. I'm going to take a look at him, director, like a look at these wounds. I'm not, a, I've seen probably a people be, you know, bit by dogs or something like that. At what level is this? Is this something much larger and much more dangerous? Oh, absolutely uh, larger. What's strange is that they seem to be in the shape of um, a a humanoid kind of mouth. Spare me this nonsense. Look to the heavens as I quip. I'm going to head over to the door and I'm going to peek out looking for any sign of what has troubled poor Mr. Jeremiah. Yes, outside you can see a trail of his blood uh, leading up to the door. If you would like to try to see more, I think that's going to be a roll. And I am going to uh, gesture to say that I would call that uh, survival and intellect. So that's a four. And with plus one for my quip that I didn't realize was going to get consumed so quickly. Uh, I got one eight. Uh, that's enough for a little bit of information. You do see something duck behind one of the buildings in the distance. It's hard to see, though, because of the, the sand. It, it's it, it, when Every time you try to open your eyes, it stings a little bit. Uh, some sort of... Uh, I would say this creature is probably seven feet tall. Didn't quite look like a man, but it could have been a man. It was man-shaped, but a bit bigger and wider on the top. Long, slender legs, duck behind a building. There is an enormous man thing out there. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to look. Miss Hattie, has I heard gunshots. Has he been gunshot at all, or was that him shooting? Because I just saw something out there that looked a little bit, a little bit peculiar. Well, based on the wounds that our director described earlier, does not seem like he has been shot. It seems like he has been mauled. He starts to come to you a bit if you wanted to ask him some questions. Good. J- Jasper, Jasper, what what befall you? What, what terrifying thing uh, happened to you? Uh, my wife, have you seen my, my wife here? Jeremiah, has my wife been in here? I went out to check on the livestock, make sure everything was secured when the storm kicked up. I came back and my wife and kids were gone. There's blood all over the house. And while he's talking, I'm going to be, you know, just kind of generously pouring booze into his wounds to uh, clean them out. And 
I'm going to pull out a needle and thread. And during that last little bit when he says that there's blood all over the house, I'm going to get ready to stick him with the needle. And once again, Quip, he'll feel a small prick, like usual. Why don't you roll me a medicine intellect roll, and we'll see how well you can patch this guy up. Oh, okay. And that's a plus two on top of all of that. Nicodemus, you said uh, you saw some some dog mullins. What I saw out there weren't no dogs. I'm worried about the the boy's wife and and and, and kids. Hmm. Well, um, maybe we need to. I don't. I don't know that the storm is pretty bad, but it might be worthwhile going to the house. My wife's been acting weird these past few days. Sometimes I find her just standing there staring out in the night talking to herself, and I can't understand what she's saying. Oh, well, I mean, have you read the good book? Women do that. I thought maybe something had taken over her mind, us being out on the prairie and all. I went looking for her, but there was something else out in the storm. That's what chased me here. I, I fought it off. I don't know if I, sh- if I hit it or not when I shot at it, though. One of the uh, gentlemen that you're playing cards with will uh, uh, speak up. You, you, you think that's what's been killing off? You think what got you's been killing off all our all our animals, all the horses and cattle are going missing as well? I turn around. I look shocked. Keep killing off all your animals and livestock now. Yep. Every night, more go missing or more show up, completely mutilated. It's hard to make a life out here with all these, uh, all this nonsense going on. Hmm. Do you think it could be Jasper's wife who's been doing all the killing? And after you say that, I'm going to mutter under my breath, I'm surrounded by idiots. Little Ellie, I don't, I can't imagine Ellie doing this. Uh, Hattie, what'd you roll on your medicine check? So I rolled nine dice and I have three successes and two tens, so seven total. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you've, oh, you are patching him up lickety split, getting everything all sewn up. All the blood's starting to stay back in his body. About time. Well, it seems to me, Mr. Maverick, that there is some good potential to be done to this little town before you make your way to Oregon and before I find my way to Los Angeles. What do you say we get to the bottom of this? Yeah, I reckon it's the right thing to do. Darn. Double darn. I thought I was done with this life. I was just trying to settle down, but keeps pulling me back in. I'm not a man of many means. This is Jasper, by the way. I'm not a man of many means, but I'll offer what little I have for anyone that's willing to head out and help find my wife and children. I'm assuming if uh, you can catch this thing, perhaps the town might also contribute some reward on account so they won't have no more livestock being mutilated. That's very kind of you. Let's just worry about all that business after we find out if your kids are doing all right. Uh, Hattie, you you think he's good to leave? and you can come with us. I think we could use your skills. Uh, Well, I wouldn't recommend him moving if it's not upstairs to a bed. Could you give us directions to your house, good sir, so that I can hopefully try to locate your wife? I don't know if I feel right about you folks going off without me. He'll stand up and then kind of like double, go to stand up and then kind of double over in pain. And you see, I must insist that you stay here. Just because I patched you up don't mean that you're ready to go. Listen to the doctor there, boy. Why don't you roll me, Allie, a... I believe this is going to be a command. Command and presence check. Cool, I get to roll a whole dice. 
Wait, no, two, because I, I done, I done quipped. All right, well, I got a ten, so I got two successes. I done lucked out. Well, holy smokes! I thought I was for sure gonna give you some rewrites there, ma'am. Well, uh, uh, for the folks at home, when a player gets no successes, they get some rewrites that they can use for bonuses later in the game. But both fortunately and unfortunately, my players have once again been very successful on all of their dice rolls. Ma'am, I suppose that you're right. Um, just please go out there and, and, and find my wife and children. And uh, you're, I think you're right. I, I don't think it, it'll be helpful if I, if I die too. Oh, no, definitely not. You should definitely stay here. Uh, Jeremiah, would you and one of these other fellows please take him upstairs to a bed and I'll follow right along with you? Jeremiah and uh, one of the other gentlemen at the bar will... Um, actually, it's probably Fletcher will come to help this gentleman upstairs and you can follow them upstairs and make sure that he gets settled in, possibly give him something for the pain and to make him go to sleep and forget about his worries for a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, he's uh, getting another quip. You'll feel a small prick like normal. And I inject him with just enough laudanum to knock his ass out. Fantastic. Now, I think that's the third time you've used it, so on your next roll, you'll get plus three. Nicodemus, you think any of your card friends might direct us to that boy's house? I'm certainly uh, down a shot of whiskey and turn to Moses and say, Now, uh, I'm not from around these parts, you understand, but uh, we'll be needing the best directions to get to Jasper's homestead. Well, I ain't never been out there myself, but my good friend here, uh, Kit, he's been out there a time or two. Him and Jasper are pretty good friends. Ain't that right, Kit? And Kit will nod his head and grunt. Hmm. And uh, I'm sure that he could take you right out there. That won't be a problem, will it, Kit? And Kit, Kit will once again grunt and shake his head. No, that it won't be a problem. If you're the man of the hour, then uh, please lead the way. Yeah, he'll stand up. Put on a jacket that he had draped over the back of the chair. He'll tip his hat to Lenora and he will start walking towards the door. I'm going to take a handkerchief out of my pocket and I'm going to wrap it around my nose and mouth like they uh, like a cowboy might do in uh, these parts. But uh, can't be going out in the dust storm like that. Unprotected. Miss Hetty, we're on the ride, man. Let's let's. Let's, let's get. I'll be right down and I'm going to uh, find a non-bloody part of his shirt and you know, like rip it so that I can wrap it around my face as we go outside. Ah, fantastic. Uh, Kit will uh, look back to you, handkerchief over his face. It's quite a ways away, folks. Uh, it might take us a while to get there if that's okay with you. Well, if it's that's where we got to go to solve this uh, problem the town's having them. No distance is no matter. We'll get there. And I turn to, I turn to look directly at the camera and say, someday. That is one of Nicodemus's equips, if I am remembering correctly. You'd be correct. Yes. Uh, now, did you folks ride into town or uh, we walking? Well, we were taken, we were brought into town by Mr. Fletcher and his stagecoach, which, uh, has been tied down and back. I would like to take a moment to remind you that you can spend one rewrite to summon up some beautiful horses for all of you. Walk's pretty he healthy. We can just walk, I think. 
It's fine. You might save the rewrites as well because we still have plenty of game left. No, Nicodemus is not in the mind to save these rewrites, goddamn. They're to be used and used healthily. He will go to the door, wind in his face when he opens it, and scream, Let's ride! Yeah, so um, it sounds like you are taking the director's uh, hint that you should use the cinematic, Now We Ride! And with a loud whistle and a happy neigh, this cinematic summons enough horses for each character to ride. They are loyal, fast, well-fed, and their mane smells like warm coffee prepared on a fire set under the stars. Uh, you gains you fast and safe arrival at your next destination. So yes, these majestic horses appear just in front of the saloon, and uh, Kit will say, well, I happen to have four horses right here, and we can ride them off we will cut to an epic sandstorm dust storm the horse riding scene the sand and dust blowing in your face you're holding your handkerchiefs up the horses are having to stay pretty close together so that you can uh, see each other but you do see a small light in the distance perhaps a, a candle that was left burning uh, at the farmstead and you can see it in the distance as you as you pull up and i'm coughing <laughs> oh gee that was the worst scene i don't know what what you were there's no it's a dust storm you don't need to throw shovels of sand on us to do a dust storm i don't know what is going on here with this is not the way to treat your talent i mean this i'm gonna have to have a word with someone in set dressing about this whole whole and there was no reason it had to go on that long like, this is a simple, like, three second, four second. We didn't need minutes after minutes of the sand being thrown on all of us. I had, I've, I've been, it's all in my lungs. I'm, all right, fine. Okay. I don't know. This production, some, sometimes it's, <laughs> okay, okay. Go ahead. Let's, let's, I'm sorry. I, I just, man. So, yes, you make it back to the homestead. Kit will uh, tie his horse up first outside, up front. And we'll he- head into the house. It, you, have you seen this thing that the folks are talking about? The killing of livestock. I ain't seen it myself, sir. But what I saw for the the rest of what I saw looked looked big and mean, and and fast. It ducked right behind, but it was, it was extra tall. But lock, but walked like a like a man or, or Miss Haddam, like a woman. Um, but I think like a man, because it looked really evil and mean and dangerous. I think we all need to be on our best our best guard out here. Well, I've seen it pick half a dozen cows clean in one night. So I'd imagine something that can do that is probably mighty insatiable. Well, we shall uh, endeavor to not be its next meal. Absolutely. Uh, one thing you notice as you approach the front of the house is that it is unnaturally cold outside right now. Um, you're traveling in uh, mid-June, so you would expect it to be quite warm here in Wyoming territory, but there is a bite to the breeze right now. I pull my coat a little closer around me, but before I do so, I pull out my trusty revolver and uh, sort of just keep it cloaked by me as we get closer to the homestead. 
Uh, Director, do I smell blood as we approach? I would say that not only you can smell blood, you can see it. Well, as we get closer, I'm going to quip, I can smell it. We're getting close. Spare me that nonsense, Hetty. We know we're getting close. This is where the kids and the wife are. I quip back. Will you be entering this uh, small cabin on the prairie out here? Indeed, we will be entering. It looks like the place has been absolutely tore apart. There is stuff uh, toppled over and scattered about, uh, clothes, pots, pans, uh, and there is blood spray and, and splatter all over the place. Quite a bit of it. Well, either there's been a terrifying attack by some creature or perhaps uh, Jasper's spaghetti dinner went awry. Or perhaps Jasper went awry. Spaghetti dinner would be nice, but I'm I'm fear the worst. And I want to bust in and go quickly through the place to see if I can find any of these kids or this wife body. Not really searching, just a big scan of all the different rooms that might be in this place. Yeah, why don't you roll me a... So I would call it a survival and... Presence? Presence. No, presence or, is fine. Presence, you Yeah, presence, all right. What do we got? We got one, eight, two, eights, three, eights, four, eights, and a nine. Yeah, unfortunately, so where one of the stuffed mattresses is in one corner, um, you see a little uh, bloody leg, little bloody foot peeking out from under that. Oh, no, 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 no. This ain't right. This ain't right. And I'm crouched down immediately. Hetty, Hetty, and lift up the mattress. And I'll rush over. You lift up the mattress and below it you find the body of uh, a young girl. You would guess she was probably around the age of nine. She has been relieved of her organs. Uh, Her stomach has been uh, ripped open. The contents of her abdomen have been removed and they don't appear to be present anymore. My hands are going to shake a little bit when I'm looking her over oh you sweet darling I'm sorry and I'm I'm drawn back hey, I take my hat off oh my lord and safer no this this ain't right this ain't right Nicodemus this ain't, this ain't right and I'm up against the wall Nicodemus will come in and just seeing the um, the gore gets very ashen faced and he uh, says there has to be a uh, there has to be a proper resolution to this this is this is horrifying what what mindless creature could do something like this now that that there is clara is where's gideon gideon and uh, kit will start looking around the place seeing if he can find the younger of the two gauge kids yeah i'll help out for sure maybe he's under a floorboard or maybe he's in uh you know if there's an, if the outhouse is attached by any means, if it's an in-house rather than an outhouse, it is not. It isn't. It is in fact an outhouse. But so yeah, I would like to search for Gideon. Yeah. Um, why don't you roll me? I still feel like it's survival. Um, survival intellect to search. All right. So survival intellect is not great for Nicodemus, but that's okay because we're going to try anyway. And we're going to fail that role. 
Okay, so I will add a rewrite back here for you. So you're back to three. And have you ever seen anything like this? It, it, that girl looks hollowed out. That's, that's awful. I ain't never seen anything like this in person. I've heard stories, um, but they're usually animal attacks. Never seen anything like this before. I ain't never seen an animal that scoop out the inside and leave everything on the outside like that. that that's a peculiar kind of animal that I'd like to meet. And like Nicodemus said, I'd like to settle the score here. That This family, that girl didn't deserve this. Uh, Hattie, why don't you roll me a medicine composure roll? I got four successes. You see, uh, as you're kind of looking over the body as best as you can in its current state and also in your current state, that it does appear like there are, you can still find pieces of the organs, little bits here and there. Uh, clear bite marks. It looks like whatever attacked this girl uh, ate uh, her organs, or at least what it could of them. It was more of a tearing action than anything else. Does this look recent, Hetty? Yeah, I would definitely say recent. And it looks more like like slashing than, than anything else. This don't look natural. You're thinking claws instead of teeth yeah i sure i sure think so but again it looks like an animal and if what you saw was really what you saw then that would probably account for whatever happened to this this poor young girl and i'll be honest what i looked like what i saw looked like an animal but it looked like it was walking on two feet an unholy mix of the two but you know what, Hetty? What walks on two feet can be tracked on two feet. Well, sure, but you also know that those are just tails, right? Tall tails? That kind of thing don't exist. I'll look right at the camera. Maybe, maybe not. But hopefully, whether it exists or not, it can bleed. I'm going to walk out of the room. I'm going to start searching, open the door, start looking outside of the homestead for any sign of tracks or whatever. Nicodemus slowly pages his way through the script looking for the line Maverick delivered into the camera. He can't find it. And so he stuffs the script under the mattress where the aforementioned child was and then turns and leaves the room. Once you head outside, you can pick up some uh, tracks with the help of Kit can pick up some footprints that he thinks maybe they look kind of recent, but uh, the 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 dust is covering them up pretty fast here. Uh, that they may be the prints of the wife and the son. Oh, okay, so it looks like we got a trail. Um, I guess I'm gonna work that trail now that it's here. I'm assuming Hattie and Ace are following suit as well. Uh, yeah, I'm probably bringing up the rear as I'm kind of readjusting my bag a little bit because I I almost want to use some of my instruments to like take a closer look at the poor girl but I also know that that's probably not going to get me any more information but it's scientifically intriguing since I haven't seen anything like this before as you're following the tracks Kit will say uh, it looks like this is leading up to an old mine shaft 
on the property nearby. All right, well, uh, I, we should probably grab that lantern, something to light our way, especially if we got to go down into that hole. Yes, I wonder if uh, Miss Ellie and little Gideon uh, made it out alive and they have went to the mine to hide out. Do you know this is an active mine that they're running or is this an abandoned mine just on the property? No, this is an abandoned one and it is mighty dangerous. Just imagine that mother trying to keep her kids safe and running off into this terrible mine. They shut it down after one too many men died down there. Well, seems like a perfect hiding spot though, right? Uh, At least it's a place to take shelter from the storm when their house would not protect them. Well, let's get. Sooner gone, sooner done. Absolutely. So, you are heading, led by Kit, towards the old mine. Just for extra director's cut commentary, how are your actors feeling after this first and second act of the film? I think Nicodemus is ready for likely for the craft services department to get in here. It feels like it's been a long day already. He's got dust and sand in his cravat, which has really ticked him off at this point. Um, he knows he's not being paid enough for this show. I, I get that he's sort of guest starring here, but he feels like, you know, the star portion of the guest starring maybe isn't up to snuff. Hattie is feeling very much that having this uh, prop dead body is killing her motivation to like continue on. So she's just kind of powering through it at this point. They didn't need to put such a brutal prop out here. They could have just put a dead girl with some slashes over her and it would be fine. But no, they had to go and like disembowel her. The fuck is this? I'll admit it. I didn't pay a lot of attention to the script. I paid attention to my parts, of course. I'm a professional, but I didn't really pay attention to the rest of the script. I thought we were walking into a traditional, like the mom's dead and we got to find the kids. That's how Westerns work. And seeing, seeing that prop of a, of a child, that, that really pissed me off. You know, I, I don't want my name out there on a production that has child killing. So now I have to, I, I have to talk to rep, my representatives, my rep, I have to talk to my representation, see what I'm going to do about this because I'm really worried about. I forgot all my lines. I forgot exactly what I was supposed to do as soon as I saw that. I, it just really threw me for a loop. I'm really, I'm really sort of annoyed. Uh, I, I agreed to do this project, come and do some different work, but now I'm, I'm really second guessing my choice there. I think I might have made a mistake on this this production. Fantastic. As you get closer to the mind, that cold breeze you continue to feel it intermittently unnaturally cold and as you're walking through this dust storm uh, very difficult to see but i'm going to uh, let you roll for the sake of rolling something new and special let's do a enigmas and composure roll as you're trying to uh, also accept enigmas and resolve uh, as you're trying to uh, look ahead, see if you can see anything through this sandstorm. Uh, so is everyone rolling? Yeah, you can all roll. I will make the uh, difficulty of this higher uh, because you are in the sandstorm. So this will require three successes. 
I rolled a nine and a ten. Yeah, I have a nine. That's it. Well, nine and a ten will meet the three successes. I don't have any successes. Well, that is fantastic, Allie, because that gets you another rewrite. So four rewrites now. And how fortuitous that it is Ace that sees this. You see as you get closer to the old mine, you do see a shack outside. You see the opening to the mine and you see just barely through the sand dust that's blowing in front of you and stinging your eyes. You can see the outline of what you think might be the woman that you're looking for and before she ducks into the mine she turns so that she's facing away from you you initially see her in profile and you see coming from her head the outline of large antlers and then she ducks into the mine whoa 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 hold up hold up hold up I just saw Jesus I think that's exactly what did you all see that no Mm, uh, I saw a shape there moving against. The- oh, is that woman with with? But she had ant. I, I saw him. They had ant- she had antlers on her head. People don't got antlers on their head, Mister Maverick. Exactly, exactly. People do not have antlers on their head. That means, that means, you following me here? You ca- you you picking up what I'm putting down? People don't have antlers. So, and I run towards the mine. Oh, I run after uh, Ace deeply concerned for both his sanity and his physical well-being. I guess I'm following along because I don't really want to be left out here in a sandstorm by myself. Well, I guess I have Kit, but you know, if there's some, if there's actually some giant thing, I don't really want to be left out here by myself. So the four of you, uh, Kit as well, will rush off to follow this shape into the mine. Now the initial mine shaft uh, enters uh, straight and, and then drops down quite a bit. You can tell that you, you're traveling down further into the earth. And then it splits in three directions. Oh man. Three different directions. Y'all, any of us see any tracks? I can't see a damn thing in here. Do any of us, did we bring a lantern? I don't remember. Uh, yes. Now, Nicodemus did mention, I believe, bringing a lantern from the house. Yeah, so uh, I think the best thing to do here would be to all of us start on the left path here together rather than separate, because separating in these mines is dangerous. If you get uh, you get into a collapsed portion of the tunnel, you are a goner. It's true. It's true. Kit, what, what, what was the wife's name? Wife's name is Ellie and uh, the little boy's Gideon. Why don't we try something simple? Eliana! Gideon! Uh, Your call does not yield a response, um, but after the echoes finish, you hear a low groaning growl come from one of the mine shafts. There are various... uh, other mine implements here. You could possibly find some other lanterns if you wanted to look for some. Yeah, definitely. While they're looking for lanterns, I'm going to reach into my bag and pull out the laudanum and a needle again, and I'm going to load that motherfucker all the way to the hilt. Just in case. 
I feel like we're going heavy on survival rolls. So if you can think of any other skill attribute combinations that would be looking for a uh, lantern, I'm open for suggestions. I think Nicodemus's uh, idea would be to potentially pilfer lanterns from nearby minecarts, which might be larceny instead. I, I think that it would be perfectly fine. A larceny intellect role then or larceny cunning as you kind of know where to look at you've maybe pilfered some things from mines before working or not working i uh i think i'll be cunning in doing so i'll do the same i'll say it'll require a couple of successes to find one two nines two eights nicodemus has two nines and a ten i was what i was going to say was that there will be additional complications you may have to buy off because this is a dark area very dangerous but with uh, two with with a, you have enough successes obviously to buy off these complications as well in dangerous areas there may be things that you could trip and fall over while you are looking possibly hurt yourself uh, but you have enough successes to ward that off and you are able to find a couple more lanterns Nicodemus, you see any TNT in any of these old crates? Mm, I haven't run across any um, nitro or uh, any party favors like that yet, but uh, we'll keep an eye out for him for sure. That's a shame. All right, let's get that thing was after that kid, and we got to get after that thing. If you think explosives would be helpful, I could go look in that uh, explosive shack that is out front. Yeah, I do think it might be useful. If this thing is gobbled up, uh, anything from people to cows to yeah, dogs, etc., we're going to have to hit it real hard with whatever we got. I agree. I will go searching for that then, and I will meet back up with you. Yeah, well, with that sorted, I think that uh, we'll pick the path on the left and maybe take a piece of chalk and draw an arrow on the side of the mine wall to show where we're going. Sort of Nicodemus brushes his uh, fingers off with the, the all the extra dust that's on him now and says, uh, all right, we'll, we'll move real careful. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. He pulls up his trusty six-shooter and takes a few steps forward. I'm right there with you, Nicodemus. And I'll uh, bring up the rear... Lead on, gentlemen. And I'm going to very quietly open my bag and pull out a flask and just take a long swig out of it because I'm not supposed to be hearing some weird growling, rumbling noises out of a, a fucking abandoned mine shaft. So a little liquid courage to continue on. Yeah, so you are choosing the shaft on the left. We are choosing the left path, yes. Mine shaft number one, then it is. So, this it makes sense here for you to roll a we'll call it survival dexterity to avoid any unfortunate circumstances that may befall you here. We will say it's a dark mine shaft that's been long abandoned, fairly dangerous. We will say that the difficulty is going to be a three. Sorry, survival what? Survival dexterity. Three tens and a nine, Miranda. I have two eights and a nine, so I actually passed that roll amazingly. How many do we need? Three successes. Okay. The highest I have is sevens, and I have three of those, and I have two ones. Oh, fantastic. 
you can choose for this to be a regular failure uh, and you'll gain one rewrite alley. Or if you'd like this could be a disaster of some sort, you have failed, you would choose to allow the complications to occur anyways and you will get two rewrites for this. I'm going to go with the safe option of just a, a simple failure. Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to kill all of us with a stick of dynamite that kit accidentally. No, you would just hurt yourself. Oh, I won't punish them. Then I'll do that. Okay. So you are now at six free rights as a group, and unfortunately, part of the mine has worn away here and uh, quite a big hole has formed and Miss Hattie has slipped and fell uh, into that hole at a horrible angle and she landed directly on her arm her arm caught all of her weight and Miss Hattie has suffered a level of injury due to a broken arm darn double darn Miss Hattie oh can I reach down and help her Yes, you certainly can. Um, now, for the quick play rules, for they came from characters have five levels of damage. Uh, initially, they are unhurt. Then it is just a flesh wound. That'll leave a scar, last-ditch effort, and then don't forget me. And if they suffer any damage after don't forget me, then we will have a death scene. But uh, Miss Hattie is just on just a flesh wound here with her broken arm. I think we'll, we'll help Miss Hattie up very carefully. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. I... I'm so sorry. I I must have caught myself just absolutely wrong on everything that's happening in this mine. Don't worry. I'll I'll be all right. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. Do you need you okay? Can do you need to patch yourself up? Uh listen, can you just can you rip off the the sleeve of your of your shirt so I can I can make myself a sling, Mr. Maverick? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm I'll do so easily and with no trouble. I grab the fabric and I rip it cleanly off. I think on camera you can see the buttons. And I'll I'll use uh like part of like I probably have like just wrap bandages in my in my bag and I'll just wrap it up and like tie it with the the sleeve. I'll just like slide my arm into the sleeve and just like hike it up so that I have um makeshift cast just a little brace now with that level of injury uh ally you get one extra die on all of your path skill rolls that's fantastic yes uh in the they came from games as you get injured you get stronger yay yes you continue down the shaft uh lit only by your three lanterns and uh as you are continuing down you begin to hear some sort of scuffle happening ahead of you. You hear a snarling, growling, accompanied by a small uh, whimper and uh, the scraping of rocks. As, as I hear any of this, I run straight towards the danger. I get one of my six shooters out and I'm dashing in. Maverick, you are the first one to come upon this scene. You see at the end, there's kind of a bit of an opening at the end of this shaft where it's a little bit wider. And you see a woman in a pale blue dress. It seems to have been all sorts of scraped up and 
torn, not like it has been shredded by something, but uh, maybe just how she is traversing this mine shaft has, has, has done a number on her, both her and her outfit. So she's bruised, she's bloody, her hair is disheveled, and she seems to be clawing at this crack in one of the walls. The crack is maybe only a foot and a half wide and she is clawing and reaching an arm in um, as she claws down. You can see that her fingertips are bloodied and she is snarling and and almost snapping at this wall. Rector, does she have horns? She doesn't. Is she okay? I come, come around the corner. I think she lost her mind, Nicodemus. Or something worse. Hey, hey! Is that you, Ellie? Ellie, you all right? The woman will turn her head towards you. She kind of drops the top half of her body down so that she is almost in an animalistic crawl and her head turns to uh, look at you and her eyes are um, completely black. Her face is gaunt as if it is just skin on bone and there is blood running down her cheek and all the way down the front of her dress. Oh, Nicodemus, I think I made a mistake. I pull the hammer back on my pistol. And as you do so, she begins to charge at you. And we will use this opportunity to roll initiative. Initiative in the They Came From games can be rolled by rolling either athletics and cunning or empathy and dexterity. <laughs> what happens if we roll zero on our initiative? You probably go last. So the, the, the streak has ended. Uh, four twos and a three. I have three successes. Uh, perfect, because I um, my initiative will be five. So she is going to charge at Ace Maverick, who came into this opening first, charging at him, and she is going to attempt to bite into him. So every character has a defense of one. To defend yourself, you will roll your relative relevant attribute. So I will have you roll a stamina check, Nate, just stamina. And whatever your successes are on that, that will be your defense for upcoming attacks for this round. I got a 10 and an eight, so three. Uh, so that will be four then, because you automatically get one. So I will have to beat a four in order to hit you. I rolled five successes, which surpasses your defense by one. So her teeth are going to tear into your shoulder and you will mark off one level of uh, injury there. Sally, Miss Sally, no. Ah, it's just a flesh wound now. Next up is Mike. So I think that now might be the time to use a trope and that would be calculated risk. Okay. So before I roll uh, once per session, right? Uh, I can gamble with my dice result. And so any duplicated number in the roll counts as additional hits. For example, three ones count as three hits, even with the standard difficulty being eight. As tens count as two hits, five tens would equal 15, just for example. Um, so I am going to level my Colt Peacemaker revolver, and I'm going to say, unhand him, you she-devil and pull the trigger. 
with her just kind of uh, supernatural ability to take a hit, uh, her defense automatically is three. So uh, you will have to surpass three successes in order to do her some damage. I did get two sevens, which count as two hits. And luckily for me, I have an eight, a 10, and a nine. So the 10 is two, the two sevens as doubles are two more, and then two normal successes, so that's six total. Oh, fantastic. So she will take then three damage. As you, are you were shooting her, correct? Yes, I had leveled my revolver and sort of the camera pans and and gives us a wonderful view down the barrel of the gun to, to the final sight as the barrel explodes out in a plume of red and yellow black powder sending the round. As these bullets uh, tear uh, into her, some of them take more purchase and seem to uh, hurt her more. Some of them she is able to shrug off a bit, but she is uh, she is wounded from this. Allie, you were up. Fantastic. Um, how close is she like to me? Uh, well, she's within close range to Ace Maverick. I imagined you were all within kind of close to medium range. So within like one movement, you can uh, within like one range, you can move pretty easily. So and this isn't a huge mine shaft unless you were hanging back pretty far. No. So I'm going to uh, drop my bag, but I'm going to have that syringe in my in my other hand and I'm going to Get, I want to try to get close enough to her to stick her full of this laudanum, just like in the in like the side of her belly, whatever is the easiest for me to reach. I think that that is going to be for your attack, uh, probably a medicine dexterity check. That's a much better roll. I have one, two, three, four, five. I've got seven successes. All right, so she will take four more damage. As you stick her with this syringe, it does seem to slow her down, but it does not drop her. Well, that's not good. Nope. It's Nate's turn. In tarnation, where in the hell did all these cacti come from within a mine shaft? It makes no sense. And I would like to use two rewrites to use our cinematic cacti everywhere. This cinematic fills the current scene with cacti. How they got into a mine shaft and why nobody noticed them earlier is beyond anybody's guess. For the remainder of the scene, antagonists such as Ellie the werewolf suffer a major complication on all actions involving physical efforts. Failure to buy it off indicating either damage or lost equipment because of those nasty spines. Player characters somehow waltz through the cacti without any issues as if the plants themselves know cause and trouble the fierce western and protagonists just feels wrong for a humble cactus. So, yes, the scene is somehow now the set dresser has filled this mine shaft with these uh, all sorts of different varieties of prickly prickly cacti. Now, uh, using your cinematic, I don't believe takes up your turn, so you can also uh, move or do something on this turn, Nate. Is anyone mind if I use two more rewrites? Go for it. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm backing up away from Ellie and, oh, bump into something. What in the... Oh, 
Kip, where'd you come from? Oh my goodness, you are quite the helpful pioneer. And I would like two more rewrites. Because Kip, the unlucky pioneer, shows up only to draw a current threat against them, deflecting any attacks in a round to their body, and giving them a death scene. Fantastic. And as it is my turn next, Ellie is going to pounce on Kip and begin digging into his stomach as her claws are uh, ripping his flesh apart and pulling out his intestines and shoveling them into her mouth, which seems to open unhumanly wide as she is slurping down his guts like a bowl of spaghetti. Uh, What would, since this is your rewrite here, what would you like Kip's death scene action to be in a death scene characters do get one final action to take kip a man of very few words but a very solid disposition he's tackled he's pinned to the ground this thing starts digging into his abdomen and no no and he reaches into the bag that he had carried in. He pulls out a stick of something and he sticks it in st- straight into in, in some place, some place in Ellie's dress that it sticks. And he says, avenge. <laughs> but he does, he only says one word at a time. So all he says is avenge. And then we have to fill in the rest. In an ace maverick's mind, I fill in the rest. And he says, avenge me. We will do such a thing. So that is uh, Kit's death scene. So it will go to Mike. I would like to use two rewrites for fast draw. Okay, that will consume the last of your rewrites for now. Because correct, director, but I am hoping it is worthwhile. And so what I will quick draw is uh, my lighter, and I will make my way towards the um, aforementioned stick of dynamite and light it. So the great thing about fast draw is that no matter the weapon I wield or its rate of fire, this specific cinematic allows me to make a single attack, either ranged or in close combat, while rolling against the highest defense among all the antagonists of the scene. That antagonist I'll be rolling against has a major complication. So of course it'll have to buy that off or it'll have to be wounded by the various cacti that have somehow gone unbeknownst here in this mine. So I would like to make a, um, I suppose a close combat and I will ask for cunning because I think this is fairly cunning. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to throw the lighter, you could do a name instead of a, a close combat. It's either. It's a fantastic. It's the same dice fold director. So I'm going to do that. Actually, I'll do throw. And so I will look at the camera and I'll open the Zippo and with an, an ease and a flick of my wrist, say full house. And then I'll throw that lighter. So I have three successes to throw the lighter. Your lighter perfectly clips the tip of this stick of dynamite as it crackles to life and begins, the the wick on it begins sizzling away. And I quip from the corner, don't forget the tip. Uh, So that is Mike's turn. How about Allie's turn? Well, so... I was I was gonna just throw a lantern at it to light the dynamite, but that's already been done. So d- do we do we see the dynamite light up, director? Yeah. Okay. Uh, as soon as I see that dynamite 
light up. I'm going to shout, run, run, gentlemen. And I'm going to like start tearing out of the mine and I'm going to grab my bag on the way out. As you start to turn, it strikes you that she was clawing at a crack in the wall. I say, oh no, Gideon. Record, that was too nice. So what are you doing? You gonna, you gonna run for it or you gonna save Gideon? Maybe you and Gideon both die. So do I have enough movement to go and grab my bag and then come back? Yeah, I'm. did you chuck your bag down the mine shaft? No, I just dropped it like, I don't know, five feet out of the, the entrance we're currently at. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna like scramble my bag and I'm gonna get more laudanum because that's my biggest weapon that I have because the gun with the bullet is saved for the man who killed my wife. So I'm not going to waste that bullet. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, stick the, I'm going to stick this poor woman again. Hopefully she's going to get real sleepy or at least distracted enough that I can go to that crack. Well, she has lit dynamite on her back. Um, but you are more than welcome to do that if you'd like. Uh, it'd be a medicine dexterity roll again. Yeah, that's um, eight. I've got eight successes. Yeah, so she, uh, you stick her with the laudanum, and for now, she drops unconscious onto the floor, the ground. She falls face down. Stick of dynamite is on her back that had been shoved in her dress. It is still lit. Uh, the It is now about halfway burned down. It's Nate's turn, though. All right, so I'm in the bottom of the order. Director, this... There is a... Is there, a, like, a mine shaft? Ton, like a tunnel in the... Help me Help me visualize this space again. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, it's No, it's a straight uh, shaft... There is a opening that you're kind of at right now, so it is it is a wider area. It, it opens into more of a cavernous. We'll call it a cavern here. The shaft continues down one side. There is a crack in the wall on the opposite side that she was clawing at. <laughs> you know, I, I would like to use sharpshooting shenanigans. I'm a fast hand, and I have an eye for consequences. As you know, once procession, any precise act of marksmanship aimed at an object such as shooting a rope automatically succeeds regardless of distance. And once per story, you can describe how your action triggers a chain of consequences and how they unfold. Like a broken lantern spreading the fire, causing the stampede that destroys a ranch's stable and a broken or a broken window anger and a nun into an unstoppable berserk rage. And so one question when she got stuck with the laudanum again, laudanum, laudanum again she, did she fall asleep? Uh, she fell down unconscious, yeah. She fell down unconscious. I take aim, uh, careful aim. I pull my right hand, Colt single action army peacemaker, which I had checked uh, with uh, a production assistant to find out what these things were named because it was embarrassing. I was holding both of them in the costume and I pull my right hand hand one which is my, my my special one and i take careful aim and i i take shot at that stick of dynamite and that stick of dynamite wings up and over and using my sharp shooting shenanigans in my mind and tell me if this is uh, too much but in my mind it wings off her back and over and, and spins 
turn an ass over tea kettle off towards that crack up towards the top of the crack and just as it's getting up towards the top of the crack but before it's actually near it it explodes and that explosion blows open this crack and releases Gideon but somehow the explosion also rains rock and debris off to the left and off to the right and creates a safe passage for this young angelic child what a shenanigan I have laid out with this activity that I have taken significant liberties with that's on my sheet director is that okay with you I love it I mean that's what's that's what's great about the films right so when this when this explosion happens it I think you can play it out so that he will have safe passage to get to you um, and you can get out if you would like to because it is your shenanigan so you are you are welcome to do that so get in get in come here come here boy get in don't look at that just uh he is very frightened oh spare me this nonsense kid and i'll run over and i'll scoop gideon up how old is this boy like you said 10 six six oh good scoop up this six-year-old spare me the no just close your eyes don't look at don't look at what's up on the ground there you don't need to see that and i run back over towards towards the group nicodemus heady we got to get get out of here let's let's scat yeah absolutely if the boy is uh good to go and seemingly this um we are creature is uh not in the greatest of health uh, then yeah he'd be all for leaving uh so you uh, beat feet back down the mine shaft and uh you have a little gideon in tow as he is clinging onto you arms wrapped around you legs wrapped around you you can feel him shaking after everything that he has endured uh you can hear and feel the mine shaft shake as this chain reaction has set off something in the mine and the shaft behind you begins to collapse and as you get to the entrance to the mine shaft you can see out outside that um, there is some lightness in the in the storm the sun has begun to peek through but the the dust is still blowing quite heavily and silhouetted in front of the opening of the mine shaft is this seven foot tall hulking beast with antlers and gaunt skin stretched out over a bony skull uh, long spindly legs his his is it fur or flesh is just barely hanging on to its body and that i think is where we'll call our game zoinks cliffhanger yeah cliffhanger that will unfortunately not be resolved oh well that's okay I think the um, I think it's a, a fantastic story, director. Uh, so why don't you tell us more about uh, this anthology? Yeah, uh, thanks again, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the Old West Ways, our take on the Western film genre. It's from the They Came From RPG Anthology, which is available on Kickstarter through June 22nd, 2023. So at the time of the release of this episode, which, like I said, is just a little taste test, you still have time to back it. I know if it is fully funded, a lot of times they will do late pledges as well. Either way, I love that they came from series. 
It's quickly become one of my favorite systems. So I encourage you guys to check out this and the other. They came from games as well. Thank you all for listening and good night. Thank you.